International. All right, hey guys. Uh, listen, normally we don't. Uh, normally, I don't say anything before we get into it, but today is very special because, um, you know, I, I brought you guys one of my stories, and then I finally now convinced our perfect producer over here, Donna, to bring one of her stories and talk to us. And she usually has no comment, as we all know, because she cares about nothing or no one but herself. So today, the reason I, I think that, that she's been convinced is because you get to talk about yourself. Is that right? Is that how it's you not work? even about myself. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> no. Uh, but she's got a great story, and uh, I hope you guys enjoy. Without further things, take it away, <laughs> Donna. Hi, guys. <laughs> uh all right so um i am from michigan originally of course i live in austin now um that'd be weird if i produce this remotely um i take a an hour's uh what is it about 12 hour drive up to michigan every (laughs) saturday so we can record this um so i'm from michigan originally i uh grew up in a city just north of detroit um yeah, so I went to school uh, at Eastern Michigan University. Uh, that's in Ypsilanti, Michigan. Uh, if you listen to the the episode with our friend Shane from Michigan, he lives in the same area. Um, Ipsy is pretty cool. It's like a real blue-collar city, so um, it's a lot of, like, factory guys. It's, you know, just more of the earth, I guess. Um, but it's right next to U of M, which is like a pretty, really liberal school and um, a lot more money. It's definitely like a suits versus blue collar kind of <laughs> situation there. You know, it's a little bit uh, more gruff uh, because it's blue collar, I guess. Um, it's pretty diverse uh, group of people in Ypsilanti. There's the college, but, you know, there's also like these just these old factory dudes and, and shit like that. So when I was going to college, I worked at a diner, the Double Eagle. And there's basically there's three like key places in Ipsy. If you're like one of the cool kids, <laughs> you go to this cafe to get your coffee in the morning. Um, and all the staff was like around my age. And then there's a bar that we would all go to, the Elbow Room. And we go have drinks, and then after the bar, you know, 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock in the morning, you go to the Double Eagle, where I worked, and you get your shitty, greasy diner food to mop up all the booze you drank. And it was great. It was just the most college time that you could have in life. The diner that I worked at, the Double Eagle, uh, you could... There were a couple of shifts, but there was only ever two people that would be working at a time. So it would be one like 
one person was like server, running food, taking orders, uh, cashing people out, getting drinks, all that shit, doing dishes, doing food prep. And then there was a cook. And the restaurant's like pretty small. Um, it probably seats about, I don't know, 30 people maybe, maybe 20, 25, something like that. It's pretty tiny, but it's kind of like a like a hallway style, you know, it's like really rectangular and narrow. Uh, half of it is like booth seating. And then the other half is basically like the um, like register where the grill is for the line cook and then like the dish tank. And the building has the entrance. And then in the back at the end of the dish tank is a door that goes out to a tiny alleyway. It's a the restaurant is the dead end of that alleyway, which spits you back out to the street, um, like around the corner from the restaurant, you know. And uh, that's where, like, we would take the garbage and, and all that shit. So um, I normally worked the morning shift. So I would come in uh, and work like eight, three or something like that. And then I would go to my classes in the afternoon or whatever. Um, but a couple days a week, I also work the midnight shift, which you come in at 10 PM and then you work until eight in the morning. Basically it's a really long shift, but like it's college town. So, you know, there's always kids that are going and getting fucked up at night and then they're going in at night to get all that greasy food, you know? So you make good money when you work that midnight shift. It's a, a hot shift and it saved me having a couple of those a week sometimes. Uh, so one year, finally, the planets aligned, and uh, I was working the midnight shift in the middle of the week, like a Thursday, so close enough to the end of the week, you know, and it was a Halloween. That's like, <laughs> I mean, that's like a gold mine. Like, you are going to make so much money if you're working that shift, and all these people were trying to trade me shifts, and I was just like, no, man, like, this is, I need this, you know, I want to buy a PS2 or whatever. <laughs> I'm working Halloween. I'm super excited. Um, the week leading up uh, to Halloween, my phone had been stolen out of the restaurant. Like I said, you know, this is a little rough around the edges. So I didn't have a phone because it was stolen. And then I was working the Halloween shift. It was Halloween night. And it just right out the gate was busy. Uh, one of the the earlier dude that worked the like mid shift to 10, he stuck around for a little while because we were already just getting destroyed right out the gate. So he stuck around for like an hour and, you know, we were just taking care of everyone. It was constantly full orders coming in on the phone. It was really insane. And I was working with my good friend, Pat, uh, who was a roommate of mine at the time too, um, or was about to be a roommate of mine, but he was a really good friend of mine. And we had a good relationship. It was awesome when he and I worked together. He was the cook and I was the, the waitress. And we'd, you know, just fuck off. It was a good time. Uh, so he and I are working. We're busting our ass. And this dude comes in, Steve, who he wasn't really like an employee of the restaurant. Um, but he would come in occasionally. And like I'd throw him some tip money if he would go do the dishes for me. And, you know, if we were getting slammed, he'd try to come in, like, especially on the weekends and stuff. So he stops in for a minute. We're super busy. And he's like, I'll come back in. Like, it looks like y'all have everything under control right now. But I'll come back in 
you know, later tonight and I'll try and come and help you guys with the dishes. And at the time, like he was kind of a drunk. So, you know, his word was a a little shaky with what was going to happen with him. So uh, the night, you know, carries on. It's just it's super busy the entire night. Around four o'clock in the morning, four thirty. Um, it finally slows down. Like it's still a full restaurant, but there's not more people coming in. So we finally catch a break. Me and the cook sit down right for the first time for the night. Uh, we sit down for a second. We're like, damn, I think we make good money tonight. Like, you know, it was really busy. And then I get up and I start trying to do some of the side work. So I start, you know, like filling up sauces at the end of the, at the end of the bar opposite of the register. And my friend Pat, he's sitting in a booth right across from the register. I, you know, I go checking on my tables and everything. Everyone's fine. Everyone's so drunk. Everyone's in costume. It's just a real shit show in there, you know? I mean, (laughs) like there probably at least a hundred people have passed through the restaurant this night. You know, I mean, the place is fucking demolished. <laughs> and uh, so I'm filling up my sides. I'm trying to wipe down the counters. I'm trying to get on top of the dishes. And I'm standing at the end of the counter filling up these sauces. And uh, someone comes in through the back and they have like a like a mask on. Like a kind of like a ski mask or something. And they come up to the register and they pop it open, and they start grabbing money out of it. And I'm thinking, like, oh, man, like, Steve, you know, he's wasted, right? But he's here to help us, so who cares? So I'm just watching this guy do this, and it's, like, going on a little too long, you know? Like, it's obviously not Steve. It's going on way longer than a joke should. And my friend, Pat, gets up. He's in the booth right across from the register, and he's like, hey, man, what are you doing? And the guy doesn't say anything. And I'm just standing at the edge of the counter watching this happen. And the restaurant's still chaotic. You know, everyone else is eating their meals. They're drunk. They're trying not to puke on their omelets or whatever the fuck. And my friend walks closer to the guy. He takes one step towards him. And he says, hey, man, like, what are you doing? And his arm comes around and goes into his stomach. And my friend comes back and he's like oh my god I just I just got stabbed (laughs) I'm like what what the (laughs) fuck what and my friend walks away and he's holding his side and he's wearing a white shirt and it's just blood starts filling the shirt I mean it's red you know everywhere and he's walking towards me he's like I just got stabbed you gotta call the police and everyone in the restaurant like thinks it's like a joke, you know, like no one is reacting. Some people like stopped to just kind of look at what was going on, but no one's panicking or like, you know, reacting in a normal, rational way because they're just all drunk college kids. I'm like, get out of the restaurant. Everyone get out of the restaurant. If you have a cell phone, you need to call the police. I, I don't have my cell phone. You have to call the police now. Everyone panic. People are freaking out now. Everyone is screaming. People are running out of the restaurant. There's this tiny swing door to get in and out of the restaurant. And people are just like pushing each other and just trying to get out of there as quick as possible. 
my friend is outside now and he, you know, I, I don't know what he's doing. I, I'm trying to watch the guy to see if I can see what his face looks like. And the guy just beelines right back out the back alleyway. So I run out the front of the restaurant and uh, I run out the front of the restaurant and I know, you know, this alleyway, there's not, you can only come out one way and it's going to dump you on this street. So you can either run east or you can run west. There's not, it's, that's it. So I run to the end of the block, the next restaurant over, and I stand at the end of the street. I want to see this guy. And uh, there's a group of kids, you know, three or four kids standing right at the end of this block where this guy could come. And they're standing there and they're like, what the fuck? And everyone's on their phone. And I see the guy come out the alley and he's on a bike and he has a Carhartt on, like a Carhartt jacket. And uh, he comes, he's on a bike and he starts coming towards us. And I throw my arm out to try and get these fucking idiot drunk kids out of the way. I don't know if this guy has a knife or a gun. I don't know what he's going to do. So I push these kids out of the way. And I'm like, get back, get back. And the guy is coming on the bike and he takes his ski mask off and he rips it off and he looks at me and he says, fuck you, bitch, and throws it on the ground. And rides off can't see him I mean it's four o'clock like it's so dark outside you can't see him once he goes down the next street it's just it's not like a busy street there's no street lamps or anything so he rides off and I'm you know I'm just in like (laughs) focused panic I'm like, did anyone call the police? Where are the police? I don't have a phone. Someone needs to take care of that. The kids are trying to like get, they're getting uh, worrisome. (laughs) Like I'm very scared about how close they're getting to this mask. I've seen enough uh, true crime shows. Like I know there has to be some kind of DNA on there, you know? Like do not touch the fucking mask. I'm like trying to push these people back and making sure the police are called. The police have been called. Finally, an ambulance gets there. And then, you know, I don't I don't know how much time it had passed. It probably was uh I don't I don't know, like ten or fifteen minutes it seemed like it seemed like forever before finally the cops showed up and of course it's like eight cars or something, you know, it's like a shit ton of police. And I know that police have a, a hard job. I know that maybe uh a lot of them aren't great people. Uh, personally, I have my own opinions about the police. Uh, this event certainly did not uh, help <laughs> dissuade my opinions on the police. Uh, they start trying to take statements from all of these drunk kids. And I'm fucking pissed. My friend gets in the ambulance. He goes to the hospital. I'm not family, so I don't know how I'm going to try and figure out what the fuck happened to him, you know? The police are running around like idiots trying to get statements from these fucking drunk people that have no idea what was happening. And most of them had their back to the entire exchange, you know. I'm walking up to these different police and I'm like, I need you to take my statement. I need you to take my statement. No one, just no one gives a fuck. Or they're like, yeah, you know, we'll go to you or whatever. I'm like, dude, fuck you. Like, you need to take my fucking statement. I'm sober. I work here. I saw everything that happened. I was two feet away from where it was happening. And uh, 
I just, I went back inside the restaurant. No one, you know, no one wants to deal with me. Whatever. I go back inside the restaurant. The phone for the restaurant is right next to the register to ring, you know, call in orders. So uh, I get to the phone. I call the owners. I'm like, hey, we've just been robbed. Pat was stabbed. He's on his way to the hospital, but I think he's okay. You know, he didn't look bad, but, you know, that's what's happening right now. And they're like, holy fuck, you know, we'll get there right away. Uh, and then I just kind of, like, step back and look at just what is happening here, you know. The register's open and there's money there. Some of it's, like, hanging out. Some of it's still in the register. And uh, I look below the register and my tip jar is still there. <laughs> so that was tight for me. <laughs> a little silver lining there. But, uh... uh I'm standing there for a second just like, what the fuck? There's, you know, a trail of blood out of the restaurant. And I'm trying to look to see, like, where that knife is. If, if you know, the knife got dropped or whatever. And uh, and if any of the knives are missing from, like, our food prep area. Because, like, obviously, you know, take one of those knives, I guess. Unless you're prepared. <laughs> Which apparently it was. Uh, so I'm standing there and then the phone rings. I'm like, what the fuck? I pick up the phone and I'm like, hi, uh, we just got robbed, so I'm not taking orders right now. And he's like, Donna? He's like, yes, uh, yeah, we just got robbed, so I'm not, I can't do anything. Uh, the police are here, so I'm sorry. He's like, Donna, it's me. He's like, what? Who? He's like, it's me, Zach. Zach, my friend that owned the cafe that everyone hung out at, who's a good friend of mine. He's like, you guys just got robbed. We we tried to go to the other Coney Island on the other side of town. And while we were pulling up, a guy was running out and police were showing up. They just got robbed, too. And I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> you know, I mean, this guy was on a bike. So, like, I don't know how long ago that was in drunk person time. So, but they're, like, far enough on the other sides of town that it's kind of difficult to imagine that this guy, you know, took a bike or whatever between the two places. And uh, I'm just like, well, I don't, I don't know what to tell you. Like, yeah, okay, great, thanks. So <laughs> I get off the phone with him. And... Uh, you know, it feels like it's now like six o'clock in the morning. The police are still there. Finally, the drunk people are starting to leave. And I see an officer that I know that was actually a friend of Pat's. And I'm like, hey, uh, I think we've met a couple times. Like, will you please take my statement? No one is taking me seriously. You know, I was working with him. I saw everything that happened. And he says, yes, yes, of course. I'll take your statement. Do you know like what's going on with Pat? Is he okay? It's like, I don't know. I just know he was going to the hospital. I don't even know what one he went to. Like, can you tell me so I can go try and figure out what's going on with him? And he's like, yeah, yeah, of course. And uh, he takes my statement and he gives me the card for a detective. And then um, I don't I don't even know the the owners got there Um and then the rest is just kind of a blur. I don't know what I did for the next couple of hours. I just, <laughs> like, shut down. 
I quit my job. I told the owners, like, I'm not coming back here. Like, this is not going to happen. I'm, I'm really sorry. And they're like, don't quit, you know? And I'm just like, <laughs> you're not going to convince me to stay here after this. It was an hour ago or whatever that this happened. Uh, so I, wa- I walk down to the cafe and I si- I'm sitting there and I'm getting coffee and I'm waiting to hear what's happening. And one of the owners calls me and he says, hey, I'm at the hospital. You know, Pat, he's he's good. He's stable now. They're, they weren't sure if they were going to have to take him into surgery. And I'm like, okay, cool. Well, I'm going to come down there then. Like, can we visit him? And he said, no, no, he's not accepting visitors. I'm just in the waiting room. And, you know, people came out and they kind of told me what was going on. So, um, I don't even know what happened. I, I sat at the cafe for a while. I just, I couldn't, you know, get comfortable and I couldn't figure out where, where to go. Like, where do you go after something like that happens? Uh, eventually I got home and I tried to go to sleep, but I, I couldn't sleep. I just had, Every time that my eyes closed, I just would replay the event and replay the event and try and figure out, you know, what I did wrong or what I could have done. Finally, I fell asleep and I had this dream. I mean, it was like I was reliving the event and I was trying. It's like my brain was moving so quick trying to figure out what items around him I could have used to prevent this from happening. If I just would have hit him, if I just would have done something, you know. And then, uh, you know, a little later that day, I, I get a call from the detective. And he said, hey, your your witness statement was really good. And you you said that you got to look at his face. We'd like to have you come down and do a police sketch. Would you be okay with that? He said, yes, I, yes, I want to do everything I can to get this guy caught. Of course, of course I'll come down. When, when do you want me to come down? He's like, well, I'm, I'm not sure. Let me get with the sketch artist and we'll see when we can get something planned out. So I, um, I think a couple days pass and then I, I hear from the the sketch artist or the detective again, he said, Hey, we have the sketch artist here. We can make an appointment with you. Why don't you come in at eight o'clock in the morning or whatever? Okay, great. So I go down to the police onto a police station. Um, I go in and, uh, it's very sterile and weird and not comforting in any way, which I'm sure that's the way it's supposed to be for people that are criminals going there. But for someone that's trying to catch criminals, it's a little off-putting. And the receptionist is like, oh, great, you're here for the police sketch. He's in this back office. Um, I'm going to go ahead and get the detective and he'll take you in there and we'll kind of walk through how everything happens. So the detective comes and grabs me and he's kind of talking to me about everything and he's, you know, thanking me for coming in to do all of this and, you know, talking about, I, I asked him about the other side of the town. Um, I asked him if like the two are related and he, it seems likely, but I can't really talk about it. We're still trying to figure everything out. Um, the descriptions were similar, so it might be. Okay, great. He drops me off in this room and it is like, like it's one of the most oppressive rooms I've ever been in in my life. It's 
so dark in this room and the walls are just like painted gray brick and it just smells like like rotting old men and like conference and shitty coffee it's just the worst uh and i'm sitting there and i'm just like fuck like what am i doing with my life like how the fuck did i get here this is insane and the door opens and this guy sits down the police officer and I finally look up at him, and it's one of our regular morning customers. He always got a ham and cheese omelet. He always got rye toast. He liked strawberry jelly. He liked hash browns, no ketchup. And he always ordered one cup of coffee and a glass of milk. Like, this guy, <laughs> he's a regular to the T. And he was always kind of a dick to me, so I was like, I don't know how this is going to go, you know? Uh, but he sits down, and uh, he's like, this that's so crazy. And I was like, yeah, I know. Did you go in this morning? <laughs> I mean, like, you still going in there? He's like, yeah, yeah, I'm still going in. You know, it's weird not seeing you in the morning and it's weird not seeing Pat. I heard that he's doing all right though. So I'm like, yeah, he's okay. So we sit down and I am in there for hours and they just give you these different books with different figures uh, or features in it and you just kind of look through the books and try to figure out like what eyes are closest to the person how the face is shaped and everything um i grew up watching crime shows i i like true crime <laughs> uh i like true crime and i like uh solving mysteries and stuff like that um i remember when i was younger i read like the best way to find someone that's lost is to remember their clothing and then go from there so, I don't know. The stars just aligned with me and the things that I <laughs> valued as a child or my weird fascinations. Um, and so, I really remembered what this person looked like. We did the sketch, put it out there, and, uh, you know, I didn't, I didn't hear anything for a while. Almost, I think almost a year passed before we finally got a call that, that uh, they think they found him. They think they found him and that, uh, you know, they'll try and set something up and, and figure out what we can do from there. Uh, so I hadn't heard anything for a while now. I mean, it was almost a year afterwards. Pat was fine. He didn't end up needing surgery or anything. The, the knife just barely missed puncturing his stomach I mean it grazed his stomach like he was so close to being com de dead I mean or completely fucked um so he he is fine now and he is my roommate uh at this point you know almost a year later a year later first Halloween passes after the event um I couldn't go anywhere I, I didn't go to any parties it was several Halloweens later before I finally felt like I could comfortably go out again um, it's just too hard to go somewhere when your back is to the door. Um, so I finally get a call from the police and they're like, we, okay, we have everything built up now. We've caught the guy that we think it is. And we want you to come in and do a lineup. And I was like, yeah, of course, you know, a, a time has passed now. I feel okay with what happened. I'm not having nightmares anymore. Um, I'm definitely still react to things a little bit, um, weird, but I'm not 
I'm not having nightmares. I feel like I'm fine with it and I'm ready to move forward with this chapter of my life and, and end this. I get to the, uh, it's like a, like the courthouse. I don't even really know what it was. It's, it's like some kind of state official building, but it wasn't the police station and it wasn't the courthouse where we eventually had the hearing. It's some other place that I had to go to, to do this police lineup. So I go there and, uh, Again, insanely sterile, really bleak building. <laughs> and they take me into this back room. And, uh, you know, again, I've seen I've seen SVU. I've seen all these shows. I know that they can't see me. The second that they turn on that lights, uh, it, <laughs> it was like my heart was going to fall out of my body. <laughs> I, it was so scary to see this these people I don't you don't know who it is right away because you're immediately filled with panic you know it it's so hard to control your emotions when you're confronted with a person that could have done it or I don't know what the backgrounds are of these other people I mean you know if there's seven crimes that were committed and this is just the group of eight dudes or whatever that they're bringing in for all of these things. They could all be criminals. I have no idea what's going on. Uh, and I just, I panicked. I freaked the fuck out. And they have them all say something, you know, fuck you, bitch. Once my emotions got in check and I controlled myself, I immediately saw the guy. I knew it was him. I identified him. And they were like, great, thank you. Perfect. See you later. <laughs> we'll be in touch with you when the trial happens. And I'm like, God damn it. There's more to this fucking process. Like, you've got to be kidding me, right? I leave the building. I, I go home. Pat and I are talking about the whole thing. I'm like, dude, it was so fucked. Like, I don't... I hope that I never have to go through that again. It was just, it was awful. And uh, he's like, well, let's, let's pull it up. You know, it's, it's public record that this guy was arrested so we can look at his mugshot and we still have the picture of your, your police sketch. Uh, that's still public record. So we can find that too. And we pull up the two next to each other. And that shit was perfect. I mean, it looked almost identical to this guy. It, was crazy like I've never seen a police sketch look that good it it was really something else um it was amazing uh so then like another six months pass and now we're finally going to trial and I thought again I was just so naive about how this entire process works I I thought this time for sure I'm over it it's fine I'll, I'll go there. I can be strong. I'm a strong person. I can testify. I can give my account of what happened. Um, and I get on the stand and they start asking me questions. Of course, first it's the, the police defense team, right? So they're on my side. So they're being nice to me and they're asking questions with like a soft tone and um, asking me to describe the event asking me who it was that did this. So I have to point to this guy in the courtroom. He may or may not be convicted and we're, it's fucking daylight. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of lights in there. We can see each other clear as day. 
and my heart is just you know i'm panicking in that seat i point him out and then no further questions now it's his lawyer's turn his lawyer gets up and i haven't even recovered from having to point this guy out you know and they're just like you said that it was a black jacket and they found the jacket later he and and it was a brown jacket how can you how can you be sure that it was this person i mean they will go after you uh you know and i'm nervous i'm i'm so tiny i'm i'm one person on this podium and these people are just attacking me and challenging what i felt and what I saw and what I know the truth was. And I'm, I'm just, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you need to say yes. Everyone just yelling at me and everyone angry at me. And this man that stabbed my friend just sitting there. So, uh, you know, I answer the questions and I, I'm good. I'm done with my time. They rest for the day. Um, I leave the courthouse. I'm talking to Pat who was there also. And he's like, that was great. I think that you did a really good job. You know, the police officers pull me into a back room or the lawyer or whoever. He's like, that was great. I think that your uh, your testimony or whatever was really good. You really, you know, you stayed true to what you said. You didn't waffle back and forth. I think your character went well, whatever. I'm like, okay, great. <laughs> you know, I don't care. Just I want to be done with this. Um so I walked out of the courthouse and I was just like, finally, I can end this whole fucking ordeal that's taking so long. I leave the courthouse. Um, honestly, I just never wanted to think about it again. Uh, and then, you know, Pat, of course, was really invested in this. He had these huge medical bills from all this shit happening. And, you know, he's not going to get anything from anyone unless this guy is prosecuted. And even then, like, who's paying for this shit, you know? Uh, so the guy ended up, he was convicted and he went to jail. Um, I think he had like a, I don't know, a three-year sentence or five-year sentence or something. Uh, not enough time, <laughs> you know, for what happened. Um, but it didn't really matter because uh, it was only there for another two years, I think, and then I moved down to Austin. So I got the fuck out of there. <laughs> Uh, and that, and you haven't that. haven't been stabbed yet. <laughs> yeah, since yeah. <laughs> uh, was it the same guy who robbed the other one? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So he he was a he was he's a quick biker. Yeah, I mean they're not too far, you know. Uh, they're not too far across town from each other, but um, why did he hit the same store twice? Like, are well, the same? diner rather twice it wasn't it wasn't the same diner it's two different diners Well, that, that's what i mean like why did i mean he's brand specific he's like no nah, i don't go to wendy's we just go to whatever this <laughs> this well, is what i'm robbing yeah i mean one one is uh abe's coney island and then the other one's the double eagle coney island so they're like two different establishments but uh i mean that's the only thing that's open at four o'clock in the morning wow. like where the fuck else are you gonna gotcha. go rob okay. <laughs> especially on a bike too you know that makes sense. Uh, so, you know, we were talking before this, and you said that sometimes you still get a little nervous around knives. Yeah, 
not really. I don't. I get less nervous around knives than I do uh, around guns. But that's a story for another time. <laughs> okay. okay. Um, you know, ni- like knives are knives are dangerous. Not, you know, I'm I'm more nervous than a knife than I am a gun. Hundred percent. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm not really nervous around either. But if like if I have a wielder coming at me, I'd rather come at I'd rather him come at me with a gun because I think that he's gonna miss because I'm gonna run around in circles <laughs> and then take out my gun. But like I I just I feel like there's a lot more. Once a gun's out of ammunition, it's just a brick. Yeah, right? yeah. And also, uh, a gun can malfunction. Uh, you know, it can jam. And then the biggest malfunction of all is that the, someone's going to miss their shot. Right, right. Knife, that's just dangerous forever. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, um, yeah, I guess just don't ever get too close to people. Anybody. Yeah. <laughs> like ever, if you're for any reason. you're not standing close to someone, then yeah. you can't be stabbed. Never trust anyone <laughs> in your life. Yeah. Because they might and will stab you. Yeah. I mean, it was you know, it was just some fucking guy. I don't even know who this guy is. I don't, I don't remember his name or anything. It was just some random dude. Uh, I can't believe you remembered his face. You know, I never noticed things like that. Like when I, sometimes when I'm watching a TV show with like my wife, she's like, you know, she says the person of the the name of the person in there, and I'm like, which which one's that? Because I don't pay attention to people's names. Mm-hmm. And then she's like the blonde one, and I'm like, which one's the blonde one? Like I don't pay attention to what they look like. Their yeah. hair. I don't look at anyone. Yeah. <laughs> You know, I, I, why? Why Why do I want to look at you? Why do I need to know your name? <laughs> There's no point behind it. Yeah. So it's a miracle to me that you were able to identify this guy enough for well enough for a sketch artist. I know. I wish... I, I've tried to look it up before. Um, it, it's just hard to, you know, sift through all these public records yeah. when I can't exactly remember the dates of everything. Um but yeah, I've I've tried to look it all up before and even find like the newspaper articles about it because I, I, it was a fucking big deal. You know, it's a college town. That's a scary thing to happen. How in old a college was this town. guy? Uh, he was young. I I think he, he was an adult, so he was over eighteen. But he was in his twenties. Like, wow, I'll let him down. Twenty one to twenty five. Wow. I you know that I mean that's the worst part about it. I mean it's. There's a lot of uh, scary. Situ- there's a lot of scary parts of that story, you know, and it's no. There's no shortage of trauma in that entire ordeal. Um, but yeah, I mean, this guy, this guy robbed two restaurants and maybe, maybe got you know a couple thousand dollars. Like we're not talking a lot of money for someone that I. He just threw his entire life away, and that's sad. I mean, it. It's sad that my friend got stabbed. I'm I'm sure that he didn't go in intending for people to for to hurt anyone. You know what I mean? He probably just wanted to rob a place. Um, but uh, it it's sad. It's sad all around. I'm I mean, not sad for him at all. For your friend, I am. I I see. See, I think we we differ in the fact that like when the criminal, I mean. He, you have to make these decisions. No one puts these decisions in front of you and says, do this or, or I'm going to, you know what I mean? Like, I understand needing money and wanting money. That's what a job's for. You don't go stab somebody. I mean, he made the conscious decision. Regardless if that's he, that's not what that I'm trying to his say. Purpose. Yeah, that's not what I'm trying to say. I mean, it's sad that, it's sad that we live in a world where the government fails people or, yeah, 
the I think the that, world fails people. I think that people <laughs> I think that people fail people though. Sure, they yeah. fail themselves. Totally. I mean, you know, I don't know what that guy's situation is. It's it's hard. It's hard to be a person that is the crux. I like. I have a hand in ruining that guy's life. You know what I mean? Like he ruined his life by making those decisions, but I'm a key part of why his life was then ruined. But, you know, I mean, he should serve time for what he did, but it still sucks that I see his family sitting behind him, you know, and his family's heartbroken. I don't know what their situation is. I mean, maybe he came from a really good family and he made one bad decision that ruined his entire life. You know, I don't know what his situation was. It, The whole situation sucks. You I know? see him as evil. And you know why? Because the fuck you, bitch. You know? And the stabbing part. Mm-hmm. And the robbing part. Yeah. <laughs> Just all the bad stuff he did. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I, I'm not... I don't like any humans in general. So when they're doing stuff like that, I really don't like them. I have zero sympathy for that. I wish we, you know what, in my opinion, they should have stabbed him right back. That should have been the penalty. You, you should, your buddy who got stabbed, they should have allowed him to come into the courtroom, stab the guy right where he stabbed him, have a surgeon present, make sure they know where to stab him, stab him back and say, give me 2000 bucks or whatever my medical bills are. You can't. Well, then you got to let that stab wound bleed out. <laughs> but listen, I don't, have, I don't, I don't I, you know. I don't know. I I just I, it makes me mad when I hear stories like this because it's like, dude, you can do a lot of other things than go rob people. For sure, yeah. I mean, you know, uh, I think any <laughs> I'm uh, not any criminal activity, but I mean, um, some things are pirating movies. Yeah, like that's stupid, but um, yeah, I mean, you shouldn't hurt other people. I mean, that should just be a fundamental rule that everyone yeah. follows. I feel like if everybody followed that rule, there'd be nothing wrong in the planet. Yeah. You know, just don't hurt somebody else. If it's yeah. going to hurt them, don't do it. Yeah, but I guess where do you draw the line with that? Yeah. Like, good question. If you say fuck you, bitch, to me, that Does might that hurt? hurt my feelings. Did it? No, I don't, I don't have feelings. Yeah. <laughs> you are a cold robot. Yeah. I mean, that's what produces results like a perfect sketch. <laughs> that's true. The I'm sure in court there, the, the one who testified for your testify uh, testimony was like, listen, she's she's a robot. She uh, provided this perfect sketch for us. Never seen anything like it. And my 30 years of uh, I'm a damn good cop. Yeah, I mean, never seen anything. Honestly, like. they did say that when really? I did. Yeah, they were like this. <laughs> this is the closest drawing I have ever seen in my x number of years of doing police work wow like this sketch is i mean it's it's crazy i don't i'm not trying to brag about how good my memory is it is really unsettling how close this picture looked to this guy you know if i was that sketch artist i would have finished up the picture and then i would said okay now i want you to do it like one of your french girls i would do that to every Every that would be like it's sketch artist humor. Uh, seriously though, we're not going to catch this guy. This Gross. is probably. Not the <laughs> I I'm surprised they did a sketch artist for that. Like it must have been a big story because they only do sketch artists for like murderers and serial rapists. I don't think they do it for like here in Austin. Imagine if that happened here in Austin, it'd be a fucking Tuesday. Yeah, but it, you know it's a smaller city. Than, That's what I'm saying. Yeah, that sketch artist was like, finally, I get to do something. I mean, it's a smaller city, but also like you think that if on UT campus if someone went in and stabbed someone 
right on UT that they wouldn't yeah. do a sketch of that. Yeah, if it was on campus, they probably. Yeah, would. I mean, this is. I didn't realize it was on campus. It it it's not on campus, but it's across the street from the yeah, campus. Across like, the street from UT campus, there's just nothing but homeless people taking their dicks out for strangers. Uh, no. Yes, there is. <laughs> do you not listen to the news? That is happening every single day here in Austin. Yeah, but there's restaurants and things like that too. I mean, if someone got stabbed in one of those places, I don't think they'd do a sketch artist. I do not think so. Right. I really don't. I think that they would get their description and say, well, we're probably never going to catch them. And then they'll move on with their lives. Because there's a lot of stuff that goes on in this town. Yeah. You know, but this isn't a small town like that. Now, if it happened in Georgetown or something like that, like someplace like, you know, a small town outside here, maybe. But I don't know. I don't know that they would do that here. So I'm just surprised that they did it. I'm glad they did because they caught the guy. And your buddy's alive. So that's good. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's got a story to tell. Mm-hmm. He's got a cool scar. Chicks are gonna dig that. Yeah, kind of worked out in his favor. For a while, you what? That became a long joke for a while. Did it? Yeah. Del date? No. Why not? You don't fall for guys with scars. He's my friend. I don't understand that. <laughs> All right, listen. Uh, anything else you want to add before we end? I don't think so. Okay. I don't know. Do you have any other questions? I don't. Sorry for the long you got very into detail. It it left me with no questions. You made my job crappy. <laughs> no, I really appreciate you telling the story. I know that you again. You have no feelings. You're a cold, sad robot. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't. I, you know. I know it takes a lot for you to tell something like that. And I appreciate it. And now a bunch of strangers get to listen to it. That's fine. Yeah. Be careful, guys. Yeah, be careful, right? Be aware of your surroundings. That's very true. See, you weren't even in the mindset. You like, you didn't even think, oh, we're being robbed right now. It didn't even click. No. Because you thought everybody was just good and, and you're not going to worry about it. Yeah. No one's good. Yeah. They're monsters. They're I mean, out to get you. Yeah. Humans. Yeah. Just be aware of what's going on around you. Yeah. It doesn't, it's not difficult to remember what someone's face looks like. It's really not. But I'll never do it. <laughs> you know? I, I, listen... You know that I'm an advocate of weaponry and weapons. I carry a sword at all times. I've got one on me right now. Um, and I, you know, and in that in that situation, I often think, like, what would I have done? I mean, if I saw my buddy get stabbed, I think my first reaction would to be to, like, grab that wound, put pressure on that wound, put some salt on it, and some pressure. Salt to help soak up the blood. Epsom salt. You got that? Put it in there. <laughs> All right. You're in a kitchen. You probably have salt. Put pressure on that wound, you know? And But then the guy would get away because I'd be carrying to my, you know, taking care of my buddy. Did you help him, his wound at all? Did you tend to it? No, I you mean, mention that. I, I made sure that he was okay um, when he when he was, like, stumbling out. I was like, are you, are you all right? Like, put your, you know, put, like. Pressure. Yeah, put your hand on it. Um. And then he, when he got out of the restaurant, he was sitting, um, there was like, the restaurant had like kind of a, um, like a pushed back doorway. Like it was, uh, what is what is that word? It was like a pushed, there was like a step and then like, I don't know, a couple, a foot or so. And then the doorway was there. So there was like a, a relief, I guess, like an area mm-hmm. where you could sit. Um, like a stoop. And so he was sitting on the stoop and he was, you know, pushing in on it. I was like, you know, just making sure that he was all right. But, you know, you don't want to make someone nervous, too. You know, yeah. you don't. 
the quicker their heart's beating, the more blood is pumping sure. out of their body. So sure. I was just trying to make sure that he was okay and relaxed and that he had his um, hand on it, you know, but he's also spitting out blood. So like what? He had blood in his mouth? Yeah, he was, yeah, I mean, it grazed his stomach. Like, wow. Yeah. Blood in your mouth's a bad, bad Right, sign. yeah. I mean. That, if, if I, <laughs> like, if I got stabbed and I started spitting out blood in my mouth, I'd be like, I'm toast, I'm dead. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty much what we thought. It was very scary. Wow. I mean, one one stab like that, I mean, he could have died. If it would have went to his stomach, he could have died. I mean, it was, it was like a millimeter from piercing his wow. stomach. I mean, he is That so guy could have killed somebody. Yeah. God. And you know, you, you know, you thought you talked about you being traumatized from and imagine your buddy he's probably pretty traumatized yeah yeah i mean did yeah, he go back to work was, no no we both quit yeah we're like can't go back there yeah i got stabbed i there. never went back again that's a lesson in life is you don't go back where you originally got stabbed it was fucked too because uh you know the next the next job i got i ended up i w- didn't work for a month it was really difficult for me to with like all the police shit that was going on and, and having to go to the police office, it was difficult for me to try and schedule interviews and stuff. And I, it sucked. I mean, I was at work for a month and it was really hard. Um, but the first job I ended up getting three jobs all within a month of each other. Um, so I was working a lot. <laughs> and, uh, the first job I got was, um, at a bakery and they like during my training they talked about like what if someone robs you and i was just like fuck i think i have to quit this right now like wow. i couldn't even <laughs> could even think about it yeah that's crazy yeah but now you're in a situation where you're most likely not going to get robbed yeah so. i mean probably not i can't imagine someone robbing an office i've never been robbed i had a guy try to rob me yeah i mean i've been robbed outside of that before See, so that's crazy yeah I've had a guy kick the side of my door and try to brush through my window, and I just pointed my gun at him, and he backed up. Yeah. So let that be a lesson. Carry a big sword. <laughs> and by a sword, I mean gun. <laughs> I won't do that. <laughs> okay. Well, you know, to each their own. That's your right not to do it. Listen, Donna, thanks for talking about this. I really appreciate it. No problem. Okay. Sorry again, it's so long. I don't 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 apologize. You went into very great detail, much like your sketch, I I imagine. And uh, I look forward to not ever hearing you again on the on the podcast. I really? Anybody else? No, I want to hear That's you more. That's so mean. I have so I many know. other stories. We'll, we'll, we'll hear you more. But you never want to say anything. I'm always like Don, I'm like trying to include you, and you're like, don't include me. I'm a robot. <laughs> Beep boop one zero zero one. It's your, your fault. fault. No, it's not my fault. It's your fault. Don't forget to email us if you have any stories. We'd love to have you on the show. Yes. Uh, I would love to hear some. I want to hear anybody who's listening. I mean, even if you think my story's not that good, it's probably not. But we'd <laughs> love to hear it. We'd love to hear it because, uh, you know, it's the uniqueness. How do they get a hold of us, Donna? Yeah, you can email us at fearthepodcast at gmail.com. Fearthepodcast at gmail.com. Yeah. Or you can just call you at your personal number. Please don't do that. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys. Thanks for listening. Make sure to like, subscribe, and share. And we will see you guys next week. Bye.
Future International. 